Welcome back, everybody, to the choir room for some more character analysis here. Today, we are going to be diving deep into four different characters. Yes, that is right. Four characters, some of the Glee kids that may not have gotten a whole lot of attention during their time on the show, but we love them just the same. Uh, some more than others, some a lot, some, yeah, they're fine. Uh, so we're going to talk today all about Lauren Zeiss, Sugar Mata, Rory Flanagan, and Joe Hart. So again, not a lot to get into for these four characters, but we're going to talk through their time in the show, maybe talk about what more could have come. Uh, so I'm excited to get into all of this. Amon, how are you doing today? I'm great. Uh, yeah, finally, we're forcing these kids to come into the choir room because they just seem to like come and go whenever the hell they please. And that's not how shit works on this podcast. Nope. You're no here sir. every day. Yes. 100% of the time. Uh, Aman, I, I just have to know, who are you most excited to talk about today? I have absolutely no idea. Um, You know, I don't know either. Um, If I had to like, I don't know, just spitball in here, but. Maybe the guy with the dreads. Maybe him. Maybe. He seems pretty cool. Yeah, that would have been my guess. Um, yes, we have uh, Lauren uh, Lauren's Isis. I almost said Lauren Fink. Uh, about to combine the actor's name with the character's name. Uh, Lauren's Isis, played by Ashley Fink. We have Sugar Mata, played by Vanessa Lenges. We have Rory Flanagan, played by Damian McGinty. And we have Joe Hart, played by Samuel Larson. Obviously, the two boys come from the Glee Project world. Uh, the girls did not. They were just cast on the show because they were uh, awesome. <laughs> and they did a great job with their characters. So I guess let's just start from the top. We're going to work our way through uh, talking about Lauren. We'll go into some sugar. It's kind of in a chronological order from when we meet the characters, uh, of course, then going into Rory and going into Joe. Uh, there's not many songs to get into with these characters. We will play them at the end uh, for what we do have to go with, but uh, you're not going to be, you know, much to get to in there. So let's kick it off. Amon, uh, get us started talking about some Lauren's Ices. So, Lauren, we first get to see her in season... Wait, she's in season one, right? She's Isn't in she? season one, yes. She's in uh, yeah, a couple yeah, yeah, different yeah. times. Yeah, she's in season one. Um, that, oh, yeah, that's when Rachel, like, hires her to, like, install microphones because for whatever reason, Rachel doesn't have a trained enough ear to hear whether or not when people aren't singing. It's the weirdest storyline ever. Um, but, yeah, we, we do see her throughout season one. Uh, she tries to get on the Cheerios... That doesn't work out. We also see her part of the old maids club. Um, and the, or the, the, when this group is unpopular, lonely students uh, tries to convince Rachel to forget about Finn. So Rachel, that's I guess that's where Rachel knows her from. I think she's also a part of like the AV club, which is why she was able to convince, um, she was able to get Rachel, or Rachel was able to get her rather to bug the choir room to help her listen for people not singing. Um, and yeah, she kind of just is in and out, in and out. You know, she's like one of those faces that you see, but you don't really know that well. Uh, but you are going to get ready to know. 
sooner or later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, once we uh, went back to season one and we saw like three different Lawrence Icy's appearances without even knowing who she was yet, uh, that was a true joy. And you know, that's uh, when that comes up. Uh, anytime outside of season two, it was always great to see her because we were like, oh my god, she's here too. She's here. it was just like you know finding hidden Lawrence Icy's uh, in the crowd. It was uh, a fun activity to go through. But yeah, obviously Lauren is going to be a character that is uh, more prominently featured in season two as uh, she will end up joining the Glee Club there, and we're gonna get to know her a little bit more uh, and see how like how this girl comes in with all this confidence, doesn't give a crap what anyone thinks, seems to know what she wants and get what she wants when she wants it. Uh, she's pretty like easily provoked, you know, a little bit bitter uh, here and there. We'll get to the too young to be bitter of it all. Um, so there's a lot uh, that make up this character, and it's really fun uh, the time that we spend with her. Uh, she obviously shows up in season two. Uh, I mean, the first before she even makes it to the Glee Club, we see we see her a couple different times. First, when she's screaming to Mr. Shu about how she wants to have his babies during the toxic performance in the Britney episode. <laughs> Mr. Shu! I want to be your Britney! Yeah. Um, so we see her there with JBI. Uh, we also see her in The Substitute when Sue's going to use her uh, as she's like very sick in that episode to sneeze on Figgins and also Will uh, so that she can take over as principal because Figgins is now sick and uh, Will is like now out. So we get The Substitute. All thanks to Lauren Zeises, uh, underreported that she is like the reason that episode takes place. Um, but... Once we actually get her to the Glee Club, it is because uh, we need more members for sectionals and Puck finds her in an unusual place outside being rescued, uh, him being rescued from a porta potty. Yeah, uh, Puck has lost his mojo. None of the other uh, kids are as scared of him as they used to be. I mean, JBI's even stepping to him like it ain't shit. Um, and he ultimately ends up in a, in a porta potty lost and left for dead for days Mm -hmm. until Lauren comes to find him. And this just makes her feel like the guardian angel that he's been looking for, for these, for this entire time. Um, And, you know, Glee Club, they're missing members. They're still short of members heading into season two. And Puck is actually going to sort of become infatuated with her and ask her to join the club of course she has a few demands because she it's not completely you know altruistic in that she sort of finds puck a little attractive even though he's sort of like lost his his bad boy mojo um so she is getting a little something something out of it but ultimately she does end up rounding out the glee club and she's quite the presence i must say yeah and they also really lean into like the character's weight being a factor with like the whole like kind of making like weight jokes of like oh every time that she comes to do something it's in exchange for snacks or treats that like first Rachel gets her and then Puck gets her mm-hmm. uh, all of these things that she like wants to snack on it's like oh, I mean okay I guess I don't know if that gave me a cheap laugh back in the day I don't think it really did much here at least in 2020 uh, slash 2021 but uh, I don't know uh, so that's just you know where we're going with that but yeah so she is going to uh, develop a little bit of a crush for Puck but it's not going to be just as easy as you know, one, two, three for the two of them. Um, also, you know, worth noting the uh, the football team appearance that she makes in the Sue Sylvester shuffle as she is like the most effective player on that team while all the guys are kicked off. Uh, she knocks down like so many people on the other team. So uh, she should be on that team full time, but she's too busy wrestling. So not happening there. I mean, wrestling, football, wrestling, football, I mean, trying to find the difference 
besides the ball. Get you a girl that can do both, right? Am I right, fellas? So uh, <laughs> we get to uh, silly love songs, and we're gonna de- uh, deep a little, dig a little deeper into this relationship. Uh, at the time of this recording, you and I are actually talking about silly love songs uh, tomorrow with Chappelle, but this will be coming out like almost two weeks after all of that. So um, excited to watch that. But uh, Puck is going to uh, talk about how in love he is with Lauren. He digs a, ch- a chick with curves, and he's into the way that she talks to him, being like very insulting towards him and you know every time that he's like staring deeply into her eyes she tells him to stop and turns down like every advancement that he makes towards her because she's playing hard to get here uh so he's gonna try to uh to win her over here with some fat bottom girls but as we see does not uh play as he probably would have hoped yeah um i mean i i'm all for body positivity right but uh i feel like you don't have to make an entire song about how how cool you are because yeah i i don't care that she's fat in fact i'm gonna sing about the fact that she's fat and yeah i mean that's not that's not i mean i I feel like a lot of girls don't necessarily like just hearing songs strictly about their bodies i just think that you know no matter how no matter how big you are and yeah lauren didn't like that um she said that was the first time that anybody had ever sang her a love song and it made her feel like crap so puck just not really uh hitting the mark here at all yeah and and it's only getting worse because of the fact that santana's ass is like trying to pull puck away from her um and advancing on puck like really upset that like why like why are you into lauren i don't get it like why are you into zyxis like i'm right here of course santana's dealing with her own shit at this time so she's not in the best position either but um yeah she does eventually try to step to to lauren it doesn't end yeah well. that goes so well for both uh for at least uh, lauren's fine she holds her own santana thinks you know she's never met her uh, met anybody that she uh was not able to take on in any kind of physical altercation uh but she now has met lauren's ices and i don't think she'll be making that mistake again so yeah <laughs> i mean she threw her against the locker props to santana though for still wanting to fight i mean she was in no condition after maybe about three or four slams mm-hmm. But uh, she was still ready to go. Yes. <laughs> and Mr. Shu had to take her to the nurses <laughs> over over his shoulder. Yeah, Lauren certainly making her mark both on uh, the That's show. That's how we do it in Lima Heights. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so Puck is going to keep trying to get Lauren to go out with him, he offers her a ring pop along with an invitation to breadsticks, and she's going to accept, but ultimately she stands him up because she totally forgot about it because she's got so much going on that she didn't even think about the date she had planned with Puck. Uh, but Puck likes that. He like, every time that like there's any kind of rejection thrown into the mix, it makes him want her more. So he's like, I like her so much. She's such a bigger badass than I am. Uh, he's like, he wants to make this happen. She tells him ultimately that she does like him too, but she wants something serious, and if he's really into this then they have to take it slow because she's not about to go you know whatever he's expecting this to be right off the bat so uh we both ended up giving lauren a gold star in this episode for uh just the entertainment of it all (laughs) and uh holding puck at like a distance as he's like running towards her it was a lot of fun um and i guess you know she gets some points also for winning the fight uh so that's uh you know the uh the setup essentially for what's going to end up just being a full season of watching Puck and Lauren uh just kind of end up being a bit of a couple and um you know they're going to stay together all the way through the end of the season. Um there's a couple of different things to talk about along the way, but obviously the majority of Lauren's time on the show is going to end up being about her and Puck. Yeah, when we get to season 3 and she's gone, uh we do get one final scene of the two of them being like 
this is why I'm not in the Glee Club anymore, whatever. We'll talk about it in a, in a bit. But uh, it really is just kind of following the two of them. She, uh, you know, they, they try to make a sex tape. Holly's going to shut that down uh, for good reason. Um, but they do, you know, spend a lot of time together here. Yeah, I mean, it it, it does seem like a really fun relationship. I mean, Puxy was happy. I mean, she doesn't really, you know... She doesn't give it, give him as much as he gives her, which I think is completely appropriate because, I mean, it's Puck. You can never really trust him fully. But you do see that she does eventually give a damn. I mean, during the Christmas episode, when they're all sitting on Christmas's lap, she's like, I want Puckerman to love me. So I was like, yeah, okay, so then she's she's feeling him. Like, she 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 likes it. The sex up idea, uh, thankfully quelled by one Holly Holiday. Um, like you said, he does end up singing Fat Bottom Girls, which is a much better selection than, um, or no, big, big he ass sings heart. Big Ass Heart, yeah. <laughs> which is a much better selection than Fat Bottom Girls. And it came from the heart because he wrote it during the original, uh, original song episode. Um, but the thing that I love the most is the whole Mercedes storyline where she is able to notice that Mercedes keeps repeatedly getting stepped over in the Glee Club, especially by one Miss Rachel Berry. And she's like, you know what? No, 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 no. Fuck Rachel. Fuck Mr. Shoe. Mercedes, you, I've, I've heard you sing. We've all heard you sing. You are talented. You definitely deserve to be like, I know that I might not be the best singer here, but come on. Like, why are you in the back with the rest of us? So she becomes her manager, um, you know, helps... Mercedes realized her inner diva all through the Night of Neglect um, era, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, that's probably one of my favorite Lauren and Dicey's moments because I feel like that's a big stepping point for one Mercedes Jones. Like, because, that you know, that kind of like leads into what happens in the season three, in my opinion. So mm-hmm. shout out to Lauren for that. Yeah, Lauren uh, has been, you know, she joined the Glee Club. It's not like she was like a big performer or anything like that. She just was uh, doing Puck a favor, essentially, just being another number. Yep. Uh, she did end up singing. She got a solo uh, to sing to the club with I Know What Boys Like. Uh, not any songs to rank amongst Lauren's songs, but we can play that at the end as well. Um, and she's like picturing the whole Glee Club in their underwear to, you know, calm her nerves. But now that she's like performed, she's been up there. She sees, you know, what's going on in the club. Yeah, so she knows that Mercedes is a star. She knows now how hard it is to get up there. Uh, you know, with all the nerves that she had. Mercedes has the talent. And uh, yeah, it's absolutely um, great that we get to see Lauren stand up for her and be like, you are this. You are a star. You deserve more. You deserve better. So go out there and get what you want. So uh, for sure, enjoy all that. Um, and then the rest of what we see for Lauren in season two, uh, we get a little bit more of her in the prom uh, episode, prom queen uh, born this way. Like both of those episodes kind of have a little bit of all of this uh, as she starts this push to become prom queen. She does, thinks it's probably not the most likely because she doesn't look the part she says. Um, and her and Puck are going to end up with this whole plan to break into the records office. They end up finding out the truth about Quinn's past. Miss uh, Lucy Kabusi uh, is going to uh, become relevant now. And she puts up tons of posters all around the school of Quinn as Lucy with the old pictures, uh, which ends up backfiring on her because people end up liking the old Quinn and finding her very relatable. So like Quinn ends up like popularity surging even more than she could have expected. Um, I mean, besides that, Quinn is not happy about all this happening, but Lauren is going to apologize and they seem to end the episodes uh, kind of on okay terms. You know, Lauren goes to pro- uh, prom with Puck. They seem to have a good night together. Obviously, she doesn't end up winning the prom queen crown, but one you last know, that uh, I think about her. it. Now that I think about that whole scene, I mean, yeah, Lauren was ultimately in the wrong here, and she should not have done that. But at the same time, it's like, okay, so the girls that vote for Quinn only want to vote for Quinn because of the fact that she lost weight. They still weren't going to vote for Lauren. And mm-hmm. that's just still kind of fucked up to me. It's like, oh my god, Quinn is much, she's even that much more interesting because she used to be one of us, and now she's not. Like, 
Okay. Yeah, like they looked at her right. as, you know, uh, we were like she is what we are or she were she was what we are. So we can one day be her now. Exactly. It's ew. No, <laughs> I don't like that. Uh, yeah, no, like Lauren it. definitely was uh, in the wrong for that. But, uh, you know, for a character, this uh, this like extra in general uh it's surprising that it took this late into the season for her to be uh that kind like for her to do something that wrong or whatever uh the fact that everything else has just been like humorous stuff with puck uh you know at least that's whatever that's why that's why we stand lauren um not exactly for like the dirty stuff playing on playing stuff on uh, queen here but you know still love her um but yeah so she's gonna be with puck for the rest of the season going into season three again she's gone her and Puck not together. Uh, we have to lose Pisces uh, out of the Glee world, but uh, always in our hearts. And she assures him, you know, we'll always have Subway. I don't want to know. <laughs> they probably just got some Subway and they made out in the Subway. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I, I assume that's what they're talking about. I used about. to go to Subway every day back in sophomore year of high school with my best friend. We catch the bus back from school. There's a Subway like equidistant from both of our houses. And we would just go and get a little sandwich and talk about the, talk about our day, talk about life and everything. <sighs> I miss those days. When Do you and Lauren have also Subway memories? I, I guess so, yeah, because I was watching Glee at that point. So, yeah, there, was, there, were, there were a few uh, Lauren's Icy's high school memories. Okay. I don't know if all of them involve Subway, but... Well, <laughs> that's where uh, you and Puck are different. That's the only difference between you and Puck, that your memories of Did Lauren you guys have a Subway. place that you would go after school with your friends to, like, chill and eat or whatever? Or no? Nah? I mean, yeah, we had, you know, the local stores and whatnot had like a pizza place over there which was like the main place that you know anybody that i was hanging out with we would stop by but uh nothing we didn't have like a ton of things uh we definitely didn't have any chains it was like a pizza place there was a bagel shop but like it's not really a place you hang out so (laughs) bagel shop Um, That's funny. Yeah. Uh, So the rest of the time that we spend with Lauren is really not going to be much. It's going to be a couple of guest appearances. Uh, She comes back in the Sadie Hawkins uh, episode for the Too Young to Be Bitter Club, where nobody's accepting their invitations to the dance. And uh, she's a part of this group that just don't know what to do with themselves. But it does end up uh, she ends up having a good night there. Yeah. uh, (laughs) I was kind of pissed that they brought her back for this. I'm like, so you made her like break up with Puck and now she's bitter and lonely. Like, no, what happened to the Lauren that we used to know? I didn't like that at all. But But fine, whatever. Whatever. No, you're fine. I, yeah. I do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you do. You do. I should not uh, apologize and I take it back. Um, yeah. But we see uh, Lauren ends up dancing with somebody we're going to talk about in a bit, uh, Joe Hart at the dance together. And, you know, the uh, <laughs> when it's all said and done, they disband the club. Uh, Lauren uh, gives us a life update that she's applied for wrestling scholarships at Harvard. So it uh, seems like she's going off in a good direction, which is good because we don't see her graduate uh, in season five, but we can only assume that she did. And she's not, you know, going to be in McKinley for the rest of her life. I want better for her, so I'm going to assume that's the case. Uh, and of course, she comes back for the finale uh, to you know sing in that final number. But other than that, that's about it for uh, Queen Lauren Zeisses. Anything else from you? Uh, no. Um, I mean, I wish that we would have gotten a little bit more. I think that season two is just such a tease, or maybe that's that's maybe that's how you su- you're supposed to do it for guest characters. You give them really really dynamic uh, characters, and then you put them there, and then you take them out before people can. Uh, hate them too much so maybe it was the right amount but i would have loved a little bit more of a resolution to her story they made me care enough about her that i wanted to know more you know yeah so basically i look at all four of the characters we're going to talk about today and i have like in my head the matt rutherford scale of like 
compare them to Matt Rutherford, right? He was the character in season one that was just the extra number for the Glee Club. Uh, and we got pretty much absolutely nothing out of him, um, which is not the character's fault or the actor's fault or the writer's fault. But uh, to have the extra person here be Lauren Zeises, I had a lot more fun. I think all of us can agree that uh, to that, that we had a lot more uh, to do with Lauren than we did with Matt. So obviously, uh, you know, on the scale, she is uh, far towards whatever end of the scale that Matt uh, Rutherford's on. Um, and speaking of somebody uh, that is far on the end of the scale there, I don't know if the guys are going to be uh, too far off for Matt, but Sugar Mata definitely is a much more prominent character than Matt ever could be. Um, and sorry to Matt Rutherford. I don't mean to disparage him across this whole podcast, but it might end up happening. Uh, Vanessa Lenji's Sugar Mata. Let's do it. Sugar! Yes, please! <laughs> Yes. I mean, Sugar just sort of just comes in like a fucking tornado, right? Um, a few things off the bat. She's got self-diagnosed Asperger's. Uh, the girl can't sing. The girl got money. <laughs> the girl thinks she's talented, and she's Beyonce, while everybody else are Kelly and Michelle. No, there's not even a Kelly. Everybody else is just Michelle. Yep. Um, and yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at with her. We see her kind of. We see the first time that we see her technically is in the cafeteria when the food fight is about to start, and she's watching the Glee kids sing "We Got the Beat," um, and she seems interested. And she's interested enough to then come into the choir room afterwards and say, "You guys, you guys really fucking sucked. Oh my god, like <laughs> you guys need me. Like uh, just, 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 just sit there in your filth." And let me perform for you guys to show you just how much this club is missing. Which does intimidate Rachel for a little bit because, yeah, we need more people in the Glee Club. But we don't need anybody upstaging Rachel. But her fears are short-lived because the minute that Sugar opens her mouth, you know, nails on a chalkboard. Um, what other unpleasant sounds are there? It, uh, it, it's Rachel singing The Climb. But, like, actually, this is actually her voice. So... And it's like, and I wouldn't even describe it as that because even with Rachel singing the climb, the, the timbre was there. It was just the notes were all over the place. This is just like, this is what you hear as you're descending into the gates of hell. This is on a loop, mm-hmm. right? Like, this is not, this is just not the tea. Uh, of course, Mr. Shoes pick me ass is about to be like, yeah, sugar, come along. And then Rachel does stop that from happening, which. That was like the beginning of the end for Rachel, uh, because we're gonna see what happens after that. But um, yeah, it's not good. It's not good, and Mr. Shrew is gonna have to let her down easily. Like, look, like you can't sing, and that is that doesn't really go over well with Sugar. She's gonna end up starting her own Glee club with the help of her daddy's money. Yeah, she is not. Loaded. Yeah, she's not very pleased about the result of this conversation. Uh, she ends up being pretty rude to him, and uh, you know, as far as everything else, she's. You are- in the joint <laughs> I could tell you were a man of distinction a real big spender spend yeah <laughs> you're right I was so out of line with my apology before when I jumped in singing that was just insane of me to say and do. <laughs> I don't know why that came out I mean- of my mouth um, I mean, but anyway, not do that though. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's been blaming everything so far on her asp- uh, the, her self-diagnosed Aspergers. Um, but here she, she's gonna <laughs> let Will have it here. Uh, you know what? Who cares what you think? Hmm? Nobody. You're a washed-up Broadway wannabe who's stuck in Lima and has led the zero <laughs> led the zero led the Glee Club to how many national wins? Oh, I'm sorry, zero. Uh, not Aspergers. So she's going to let him have it there uh, as he turns down his first ever person to the Glee Club. Which, yeah, I mean, he didn't. 
exactly want to do that, but uh, it, it seemed pretty clear that if they are going, you know, into their third year of the club, want to win uh, the Nationals Championship, you can't really risk having that voice in your background. If she wants to, like, you know, dance along in the background and lip sync, maybe, but, like, that doesn't seem to be what the plan is. She thinks she's a star. She says she's better than everybody else. So that's what we have to run with. Um, as you mentioned, she's going to end up working some things out, convincing her rich daddy, uh, the wealthy Al Mata, to make a private donation to the school so they can afford a second Glee Club. It'll be starring Sugar. It'll be run by Shelby Corcoran, who has been brought back to the mix. Uh, the two of them are going to have a very great dynamic as, you know, they, they practice together and Sugar gets to tell Shelby what she thinks about her, uh, saying that, you know, you're such a nasally weird singer. Like, there's something wrong with your voice. Um, so rude uh, on that end of things. <laughs> But, which is a critique that Adina Vincent gets all the time. Yes, <laughs> I laugh a lot at that. So you know, Vanessa Lenges gets to drop that one on behalf of uh, I don't know critics <laughs> around the world. Uh, apologies to Adina Menzel. Um, oh, I wonder what Adina's like, like during the table read, like what her reaction was to that. Uh, hopefully, I have to imagine that they probably that they that she probably okayed that. Like I feel like yeah. they would not have like gone with that because it's Adina Menzel. Like you could sure you can you know blur the lines with with Chris Colfer if you want to because who who the hell where he's gonna go you know what <laughs> I mean? But Adina Menzel like she didn't got to put up with this shit. Yeah, so I'm sure she signed off on that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the trouble tones are now going to be formed. Britney, Santana, Mercedes, they join the club. Sugar figures that they're here to be her backup singers, but Santana's going to put her in her place. Uh, Sugar's like, I just want to, you know, be part of a winning team. And Mercedes is like, you will be if you stop trying to be the star, uh, sit in the back or dance in the back and, uh, you know, we'll be okay. So they officially form, uh, they do Candyman, you know, with their first number. And she's going to be there along for the next couple of numbers as well. You know, the trouble tones uh, are doing their Adele mashup. They do I Kissed a Girl with all the other New Directions girls. And, you know, every Everything in between here, uh, of course, eventually going to sectionals and not winning there, which is going to lead her to join the New Directions with all of the other girls after the Trouble Tones are sadly disbanded. Uh, so now she's a part of, you know, the whole world here. We are back in the New Directions universe and uh, she's going to have some more people to interact with, specifically maybe some of the guys uh, that are going to uh, be definitely noticing her now that she's around. Yeah. Um... This is the uh, whole plot line of uh, Rory and Artie really trying to grab Miss Sugar. And, you know, to be honest, I'd be trying to grab Miss Sugar, too. Her dad is loaded. Are you kidding me? Like, if you win Sugar's heart, like, you're set for life. Like, I'll be a gold digger. I don't give a shit. Not one shit. <laughs> I could probably get uh, Sugar to be into me, too. Well, like, Sugar would be oblivious to the fact that I could never really like her in that in that way. But I can act. I can act for the camera, honey. <laughs> Show me the money. Okay, this is turning horrible really fast. Anyway, um, like Artie and Rory. <laughs> I mean, I've you know I've I've had practice. I've had lots of practice acting straight. I'm sure I could pull it off for a couple of days. <laughs> yeah. So Artie and Sugar are going to try and win. Uh, no, Artie and Rory are going to try to win Sugar's heart. They're doing all of these extravagant ass gestures, giving her puppies, filling her lockers with uh, with confetti and and giving her all sorts of chocolates and candies and wheeling her to class and giving her flowers and just being just being beautiful to her. Um, and I, I love this. Actually, I love this bit of competition between the two because, you know, Artie's single now because he fucked things up with Britney and Rory also fucked things up with Britney. So <laughs> they're just like not not in a good spot uh, relationship wise. But uh the thing that pushes 
uh, our uh, Rory over the edge is that he sings a song about like not being able to see his mom over the holidays and being lonely and you know or is this the time when he sings about how he doesn't want oh yeah he sings about actually having to go back home and he doesn't want to because he's made so many friends and so Sugar walks up to him and she's like look your song made me feel more bad for you than I do for Artie mm-hmm. do you want to go to the uh, the Sugar Shack with me and Rory got- seems to be the true winner here of uh Sugar's affections. Which seemed like it was, like, inevitable because, like, Artie in the previous episode had tried to ask her out or, or whatever just to, like, do the Glee assignment together that they had for the week, and she was not really into it. She's like, oh, Artie, you seem really sweet, but, you know, you're just not my type, and I think we would look kind of weird together. Not because you're disabled, but because I'm abled and people are, you know, really mean, and I'm worried that people are going <laughs> to think that your legs look thinner than my arms, and I can't have that. So, uh, you know, it didn't seem like she was oh very into God. Artie from the start. But, yeah. Ultimately... Uh... Rory gets the uh, the big W here as they go to the Sugar Shack together. And, uh, you know, they, they spend some time dancing together. We get a quick little scene of her telling him that she's going to be so upset when he leaves at the end of the year. But, you know, maybe her dad can buy Ireland for him. So we'll see if uh, Almada has the uh, the funds for that one. Uh, and Sugar I mean, did get go- uh, double gold stars from us in that episode. I mean, I'm going to have to look into the piano selling business because if you can get, I mean, maybe he's just rich for Ohio standards. Because, like, the cost of living in Ohio it can't be that high, right? Like, I feel like anybody can be rich in Ohio. I mean, like maybe. I feel like I could buy easily buy a mansion in Ohio for, like, the same price as, like, a, a New York apartment. <laughs> That's depressing. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sugar is going to uh, be not much uh, else happening here, sadly, for like the rest of her Glee run. I mean, she once, you know, her big, I think, her big main part of her story, uh, if you can even say that, is really just the Trouble Tones era when she kind of, you know, was a part of creating that. And everything like going forward from, you know, the end of this season into season four uh, before she just disappears off the face of the show uh, is just going to be, you know, she's going to be kind of a background character for some minor scenes some minor jokes. Um, you know, on the Matt Rutherford scale, she's definitely, pr- I mean, or not definitely, I would say she's probably in between, I think, Lauren and uh, Matt, because at least when they had nothing else for Lauren to do they took her out of the Glee Club but when they have nothing else for Sugar to do they just kind of leave her there for like random one-liners which I don't mind but you know they just had nothing for her to do so yeah Yeah, I mean Vanessa oh excuse me I I believe Vanessa Lenges was also a part of another show where she had a a slightly bigger role I forget what the name of the show was was it I feel like it was a a DC show why do I feel like it was a DC show there's a bunch of DC actors here I mean uh, uh, what's his face Sebastian uh, Melissa is Supergirl, so yeah, there's a lot of crossover in the Glee world to the DC world, but I believe that she should have been promoted to main cast in season four. I feel like we needed more sugar in season four. The Molly centrism of it all really takes away from the season a lot for me. Um, so I was I was so happy when I would see her name scroll across um, the opening credits at the beginning of season four episodes. But then I was like, oh, she's just a guest star again. Come on, like, give me more sugar. I want more sugar. I was hoping that she might, you know, go to the Sam route and get promoted. But yeah, nope. I think she was too busy doing other things. I think it definitely would have been nice. Uh, there, there was absolutely room to grow. I think Vanessa Lungies is a great actress. And uh, uh, if anybody doesn't know about this, uh, Vanessa And we Lungies... just needed more girls in the Glee Club. I mean, we had, for a long time, it was really... I mean, even with Unique there, because Unique would, like, take absences from time mm-hmm. to time, too. So it was just Kitty and uh, Tina was, like, thrown to the wolves. So it was really it was just Kitty and Marley. Yeah. You know, like, I just... 
Mm-hmm. Well, they had so much going on with the alumni, right? So that was just the main reason of that. All these kids end up, ended up not getting exactly what you might have expected them to get in any oh, other I guess world, Britney so. was there. I kind of just paid dust to Britney, didn't I? I forgot about Britney for a second. You did. Um, and that's just one of you. <laughs> and uh, how dare you? Um, I don't know if anybody uh, out there does or doesn't know about this, but uh, Vanessa Lenges and Becca Tobin are actually currently working on a project together. Uh, they're on a new Disney Plus show that is going to be out, I believe, by the end of 2021. Don't ask me to tell you the name of it because I don't remember. But uh, they've Oh, been... I forgot about that. I remember I sent you that advert when they were announcing all those projects and her picture was there. Yes. I so forgot about Becca, though. They have both Vanessa. been uh, filming together for like the past like two months, um, Pretty sure I see them together a lot on their Instagram stories and whatnot, and seems like they're having a good time working together again. So that's cool. Um, but yeah, so Sugar for the rest of season. Uh, I mean, that's pretty much it for season three. She's you know still there. She goes to nationals. I always find it so funny that like you know Sugar and Joe and Rory are there for the nationals performance, like the big win that the New Directions get, and they get to be a part of it. So uh, you know, cool on her for that end of things. Uh, but season four, you know, she is really in and out. Uh, she's there when they have sectionals, but ends up quitting after all of that. Uh, she rejoins them in Sadie Hawkins as a member of the Too Young to Be Bitter Club. Uh, she ends up dancing with Artie at the Sadie Hawkins dance because, you know, Rory's gone now. So I guess, Artie, you get your shot. Um, and then as she continues to be in and out the rest of the season, her and Joe are going to show back up for regionals because, you know, that we need the numbers. Uh, and she gets to be the flower girl. At <laughs> Present Mr. Shoe. What's it, what's it, say, that, say that again. She just says, present Mr. Shu after oh, not yes, being yes, present yes. for, like, weeks. <laughs> when she walks back into the room, yeah. Um, and then she gets to be the flower girl at Will and Emma's wedding. So, you know, even if she got nothing else the rest of the season, she got that. She did get that. I mean, it just seems like after sectionals, they just bailed. <laughs> Which already says as much, like, yeah, Sugar's already gone. She's out of here. She's MIA um, for the Nationals performance, which, as I wrote in our notes, is probably why they lost uh, at Nationals. But she does end up coming back for the very gay wedding in season six, which was totally random that they decided to have her back there. Uh, just kind of I mean, she's also in the finale as well. But I, I think ultimately that you can just chalk that up to the fact that, like, the actress Vanessa Lenges is probably pretty well liked by the cast and crew. So even though they had nothing yeah. to do with her for the other part of the past couple seasons, uh, you know, it was a fun celebration for some characters that she you know the trouble tones got reunited there so it was nice to see her there yeah i mean it seemed like whenever you wanted to come and that's the atmosphere that i that it seemed like ryan murphy would always foster it's like whenever you wanted to come back you could come back unless you're diana agron then you can only come back when i see you can come back Ooh. but uh yeah yeah so i, I I'm, I'm glad that she was there i would have loved to see a bit more of her i know that it wasn't like the wedding was not about her but like come on don't give me just one line give me more i know uh, well our queen, Sugarmata, uh, definitely a big fan of the character, and I'm excited uh, that we have, uh, as an, along with the uh, silly love songs of it all, we're going to be re-watching Heart in the next couple of weeks, so uh, that's a big Sugar episode, so we'll talk some more Sugar uh, sometime soon, but that's all that I have for her here. Anything else before we start talking about the boys? No, I think that's it for me. All right. Time to get into the Glee project of it all, as let's start with uh, Rory. We're going to meet him first in season three. He shows up in the Pot of Gold episode, uh, played by Damien McGinty. Rory's like very friendly, naive a little bit, you know, uh, very grateful to everybody for uh, just all of them showing him the ways of America. Uh, a lot of what his content re- revolves around once we get past the initial story of who he is and why he's here uh, are just kind of like minor spots where he gets to chime in and, you know, be very confused about things that happen in America. 
America, uh, things that, you know, Americans say or do and peanut butter of it all. So, uh, you know, he's a pretty easy pick, I think, for uh, somebody's unproblematic fave. I feel like we've had, uh, was it was it Rosie? Somebody came on and was like, I'm excited that I get to talk about uh, this character. It might have been uh, uh, Rory, I think. I don't know. Um, a character that's like not the most present, but still, you know, easily lovable. So, yeah, he shows up in the Pot of Gold episode and we get to find out who he is and why he's here. Uh, he is living with Brittany. Yeah, he is a foreign exchange student um, all the way from Ireland. Um, but what a what a perfect family to get put into because Brittany is convinced that this man is a leprechaun, even though he is way too tall to be a leprechaun. She doesn't really talk about that that much. Like, he's way too fucking tall. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he he's the, the, the purest family leprechaun there to grant wishes to Brittany. Um, who has three, and he's hoping that at the end of granting all of uh, her wishes that he can get to her pot of gold, which I guess just means snogger. I don't think he really means to go all the way. <laughs> at least that's what he tells Finn whenever uh, Finn asks him, to be, asks him to be a part of the Glee Club. Um, but yeah, so he is tasked with giving her an entire box of Lucky Charms with just the Lucky Charms, making sure that Lord Tubbington shits uh, chocolate bars, and then the last thing that he's going to get involved with is uh, once Santana hijacks his his leprechaunism, I guess. She wants him to ask Brittany to leave the New Direction so that they can have more members of for uh, the Trouble Tones with Santana and Mercedes. Because obviously Brittany doesn't want to leave on her own because she doesn't want to be viewed as a quitter, especially when she's trying to uh, be the class president at the same time. Um, but... Santana scares Rory into doing it, um, and even a, even with Finn, you know, extending an olive branch and trying to be a good friend to Rory, he still kind of goes behind Finn's back, assists Santana with getting Brittany out of the Glee Club, and then it just ultimately doesn't end up doing anything for him because Santana's like, all right, now go away. And he's on top of that, he's being bullied the entire time, being pushed around, getting his phone taken out of his out of his hand and thrown. It's just like he's just not having a good time, but. Right before he's about to get his ass beat at the end of the episode, Finn does have pity on him and saves him one more time and asks him to be a part of the Glee Club. So all in all, he ends up making some friends, but it's not easy. It's not yeah. so easy being green. Yeah, you gave him a gold star in that episode. Uh, just, you know, typical Amon gold star for like, you know, first time we meet somebody. Uh, let's uh, let's throw him some love. But I mean, I uh, I, I think typical it was an Lamont okay star gold there. Star. Mm. What'd you say? Typical Amon gold star. Don't read me. I mean, it is. That's that's the Amon brand uh, for for Gold Star giving out ting. Um, but no, I, I was just saying. I think it was a, go a good star. It was a, a fun first appearance for him. He definitely put a smile on my face when uh, we got to see him come through. And this is me not even knowing from the Glee Project yet because I didn't watch the Glee Project until 2020. So uh, it was very uh, you know fun to see this new character on the show added into the mix. And he did get to sing twice in that episode. We'll get to the songs in a little bit. But uh, yeah, he you know was was definitely I thought uh, a fun new addition. Um, obviously, he's not going to be the most exciting on the Matt Rutherford scale he's going to be a lot closer to matt than the, than the two girls were uh of just like once he's in the background he's in the background for the majority of the show uh until he gets sent back to ireland um he ends up joining the play as they're doing west side story i have a quote there from uh he he's having a hard time with his diction and they're you know practicing lines <laughs> in the song you're all wide open 
<laughs> Coach Beast is like, we have to work on this. We can, we cannot send him up on the stage if we don't work on this. Um, but yeah, so he's making friends. He's in the uh, he's in the show. He ends up sticking by Finn's side here and there. Uh, you know, further going into that Santana thing you were talking about with that first episode he's in. Uh, you know, Santana and Finn having some problems between the two of them. Rory's like by Finn's side, tries to like hit her with a comeback. I feel like he says something kind of racist there about like Santana and like something with like a family farm or something like that. Do you remember what I'm, what that was about? Um, I do not remember what you're talking about. He says something like like. So I don't know if he says that like Santana's family works on a farm or his family works on a farm or something like that. And, uh, and she says something to him like, that's, the, that's the lamest thing I didn't understand a word of. I'm, I'm not making it up. That actually happened, but, um, I don't know, obviously doesn't really go well, but just showing us that him and Finn are still friends. Oh, when he's being Finn sidekick. I know what senior talking about, but I cannot remember what he says. I don't remember it being racist. I mean, it could have been. I, I mean, maybe it wasn't writers. intentionally or anything, but I, I feel like I remember it being not great. Maybe I'm making it up. I don't think I'm making it up. You keep know. going and then I'll find it. Okay. Um, uh, and then we have that episode as well during the dodgeball game that Rory gets hit uh, pretty hard and gets a bad nosebleed. So yeah, um, just a lots of love for this character getting uh, nosebleeds in the middle of a dodgeball game. Um, while Amon looks that up, of course, we also have the episode where Rory and Sam are going to become uh, good friends for 24 hours or maybe a week. Uh, and then we are never going to hear about that friendship again. But it is a good episode for him. Uh, you know, he's feeling homesick. Sam invites him to come be with his family for the holidays. And, you know, not only does Rory, you know, feel better about all that, but he's going to make everybody else feel the Christmas spirit, the holiday spirit as he, you know, switches up some lines in the play rather than singing, not, uh, not singing, rather than reciting some Frosty the Snowman, he ends up reading a Bible verse about the birth of Jesus and discussing the true meaning of the holiday that makes everybody say, oh, let's get out of here and go to the homeless shelter to help Sue and Quinn and Sam and, uh, you know, (laughs) have yourself an episode, Rory. He gets some gold stars from us in there. You're skinny like all of the crops failed on your family's farm. No, I think think that's more of an Irish thing that he's trying to make... (laughs) joke out of and it just doesn't do well i would say what finn says a little more racist where he says you look like an assless (laughs) j-lo that's a little bit more (laughs) i just remember the scene being like cringy (laughs) i just think that he's trying to because there's lots of farms in ireland and he probably he probably farms so that's probably like where he got that from like you're skinny like your crops (laughs) good one good one rory (laughs) you got her (laughs) i'm glad that she made me look that for that because I forgot all about that. And he says it he says it with such a straight face too. Like, oh God. Uh <laughs> well, I'm glad you found it. Um any thoughts on the uh, Christmas episode, the time we spend with Rory there? Yeah, um so it's 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 kinda weird because like Sam does sort of like try to like, you know, create like a, a friendship with him and he's like, you know, fuck you, I'm gonna go spend time on TV with my with my friends. But then he ultimately ends up hijacking the performance, which doesn't do anything to derail it entirely. I mean, he just, you know, injects a little religion into the uh, into the TV special. But I always felt like that was weird. Like, if you were conflicted and you kind of wanted to do something a little bit more helpful, then why didn't you just why didn't you just be more 
Like, why didn't you just say, like, let's make sure that we add this in? Like, why did you have to go rogue? Like, why did you have to leave Sam in the cold? I don't know. It's just kind of weird. But, I mean, whatever. It's a Christmas special. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was, again, nice to see the uh, the two of them being friendly for the one-week time period that is never going to be extended ever again. But it was a good episode for Rory, you know, again, getting both of our gold stars there as he, you know, gives everybody a positive outlook on on the holiday. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, collecting some money for Salvation Army. What a good guy that guy is. Uh, And as he continues to learn the ways of Americans celebrating holidays and all this kind of stuff. um, The next episode, the only real other episode for Rory in the rest of his uh, tenure on the show, uh, you know, as being a prominent character in the storyline is what we just just talked about for Sugar's uh, section of things that uh, he is really trying to get her to be his date for the Sugar Shack on Valentine's Day. Already, though, of course, also has the same plan. So Rory ends up winning her over with the presents, with the puppy, with the performance that he gives and talking about how he is going to have to go back home at the end of the year. So, uh, yeah, he wins her over. And again, uh, maybe she can buy Ireland for him. Who knows? But uh, that would be a pretty good gift from, you know, you come by America for a year. You get to make some friends. You get to be in a, a Nationals winning league club and you go back home to Ireland and the whole country is yours. Yeah. Um, I think he had a really good uh, time here in uh in the glee club i also feel the same way that i feel about him and uh, sugar and and joe and all these characters just more 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 i feel like he got really a, a really nice he got like the whole new directions arc right he comes in he gets bullied and then he's like oh this glee club i should join this glee club it'll bring me more friends he ends up joining the glee club he gets bullied within the glee club but then he still finds his people and he's able to, like, teach them something. And then he gets a girlfriend. It's just, like, this whole thing. Like, I think that it's, like, a whole uh, really, really cool arc that he gets to go through. I feel like he definitely lucked out in terms of, like, the winners of the Glee Project. Like, because, I mean, we're about to talk about him. We're saving the best for last, I guess. But <laughs> If only Rory got to sing, like, one happy song. That would have made me uh, a lot happier. Uh, every song is just... Being green, blue Christmas, I want to go home. Like, just every song. So sad. Uh, we'll talk about those. But, yeah, I think yeah. he had a good time. I mean, Take take Care of Yourself isn't that sad. Because, like, the, that's, like, his first time singing, and it, like, gets him into the Glee Club. Um, I mean, he does dedicate it to his mom. But, like, it's the other ones are definitely bad. Or worse. <laughs> yeah. But no, I agree with you that I think he has a good time uh, in his tenure, like the the character that is. I'm sure hopefully Damien had a good time as well uh, in his uh, time on set. But the character seemed to enjoy his time at McKinley, uh, you know, being in America, being around all his new friends, um, you know, trying some peanut butter for the first time, going to prom with sugar. And they seem to be a couple for the rest of the season. So, uh, you know, he definitely did seem to have not just a friend, maybe a girlfriend for the rest of the year. Uh, they go to prom together. You know, they uh, he's doing some One Direction with the boys there but at the end of the year he is going to re- return home to ireland and uh only make one more appearance on the show not even in the finale uh as he comes back to be Artie's christmas guardian angel in glee actually and uh Amon, what does he tell him you're the glue of glee Artie. the glue you're the glue of glee you're the glue you're the glue of glee Artie. you're the glue of glee yeah, um, Artie has an entire vision of what would happen if he had never joined Glee Club, and um, Rory is his is his guide through that, um, and then we never see Rory again. 
<laughs> well, that's that. It doesn't even come back where I lived. Uh, yeah, Damien McGinty, a little bit busy with some other projects. And he's been, uh, you know, as far as like the uh, the actor goes, he's also putting out some music here and there. I feel like he's been doing a lot uh, in the quarantine times. You know, everybody's producing their own stuff. Court Overstreet's been doing some of that stuff as well. And I feel like I've seen a lot of Damien McGinty self-promotion for songs he's putting out. So uh, glad to see he's still, you know, making something happen in the music world. Maybe he'll have another big shot one day. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. 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 But... That's pretty much all that I have for Mr. Rory Flanagan. Uh, anything else from you, or should we just dive right on in to the character that we've all not been, I mean, sorry, uh, been waiting for? Let's talk about my boy. All right, you do it. You talk my about My main boy. apple scrapple, my main squeeze. So, yeah. <laughs> Samuel Larson also won the League Project alongside Mr. Damian McGinty. That granted him a seven-episode arc in the upcoming season of Glee. Sound like a nice prize, right? But ultimately, it's going to end up being a little over seven episodes because he is going to stay in the Glee Club for the rest of the for rest of season three, and he also gets to come back for season four. But do they do Joe justice in all of his time on Glee? No, they don't. I mean, look, he starts off pretty cool. I mean, we we kind of got an idea of what we were going to get from him because as he was about to win the Glee Project. Ryan Murphy was like, you know, like, I really want to tackle a, a Christian character. We really don't have one of those because fuck Sam and fuck Quinn, right? I really want to really tackle, like, what that means for a guy in the Glee Club. And so that's kind of, like, the first thing that we get to see from him. He's part of the Jesus Squad, or the God Squad, rather. Same diff. Um, he looks like a teen Jesus. He plays guitar. He has dreads. He doesn't like wearing shoes. He can wear sandals if he, if he helps it. Um... And he's, you know, very, very, like, Matt has very mellow, very religious, very spacey. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of it for Joe. Um, we get to meet him um, as he's a part of the God Squad, and as the God Squad is deciding whether or not they would like to sing a love song to Brittany and Santana because they're now dating, and Sam doesn't, or Sam, <laughs> Joe doesn't know what to do quite yet, but ultimately, the God Squad is going to come together and make the decision, love is love, so we'll sing to whoever wants, you know, a song sung to them. And that's, like, the biggest battle of Christianity that we see with him, besides the whole thing with him and Quinn about whether or not he would go all the way for her. Although I don't think that, that relationship was ever to that point where they would go all the way. It was just, like... Mm-hmm. I think it would have been interesting with the whole uh, the, the the hidden secret fact about how the like early reports for his character saying yeah. he was supposed to be Puck's cousin, uh, if that was actually a thing, if he was then to go and date Quinn from that angle of things and like Puck having to deal with his cousin dating Quinn, that would have been super weird. Uh, but I guess that they kind of realized that there was not really uh, they weren't putting the investment in from the start to make this character like have that many connections. The fact that he's going to make the connection to Quinn is already more uh, to put him ahead of Matt Rutherford on like, you know, the, the rankings there of, um, you know, important characters or background characters in the Glee Club. Um, but the fact, yeah, so the fact that he has the Quinn connections already a lot, if he had also like Puck's cousin as a thing, they would have had to give him even more scenes and seems like they were not very excited to do so, uh, despite him winning the Glee Project, as you have mentioned. So yeah, uh, when he shows up, you know, we get to meet him a little bit with the whole God Squad of it all. He shows up there, obviously seems like he's not the most used to being around other people in general because he was homeschooled 
for so many years. Uh, so he's like getting used to a lot of things uh, as much as like, you know, he has the religious factor in play where he doesn't really know what to do when Santana wants him to sing, uh, you know, the the singing telegram or whatever to uh, to Britney. He's like, wait a second. I don't know if, you know, if gay is OK. That's not something I'm used to. But, you know, does doesn't take long for him and the rest of the God Squad to be like, OK, like. Let's bring this back to reality. This is not what we're doing here. And, you know, love is love, man. Right. So they sing Cherish, Cherish for Santana and Britney. And all seems OK. Um, but the connection is an underrated uh, Glee song. Is it? I love that song. Cherish, Cherish is so good. Yeah. Joe and the connection with Quinn is really going to take a uh, take a big start here uh, as Joe. Uh, obviously, Quinn has her accident, so she is now in, a, in the wheelchair um, and we're going to see pretty much his arc throughout the rest of the season being him helping her uh, with the physical therapy of it all and growing closer to her them bonding over their faith and whatnot. And, you know, praying uh, he was praying for her uh, after the accident and whatnot. So we see the two of them really start to get close. Yeah, they, they do get really close. Um, like you said, taking her to physical therapy, bonding over their their love for Jesus Christ. And um, it seemed like, I mean, it it, it was something, right? Because, like, when they're, like, together at her physical therapy or whatever, and he, like, comes clean to her about all the feelings that he's been having, and he's like, okay, so what does this mean for us? And she's like... I don't know. It's something new, and I'm like, okay. So what does that mean? Like, is it is it gonna be real? Like, are they are they dating? Like, I, we never really get like a clear answer to that. And then he doesn't even she doesn't even go to prom with him. Like, cause she wants does she not? It's oh she like wants Finn to be her date, right? yeah, because of the yeah. prom queen aspect of it all. But she still yeah. is like dancing with Joe, spending time with him at at prom. Yeah, and he's like looking at her fondly as she's singing. I think. Take my breath away. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it takes a while for Joe to get into the Glee Club anyway. Not a while, but like a couple of episodes after we meet him is when he's going to actually join the New Directions because Quinn invites him to. So when they start spending time together at therapy and whatnot, yeah, we see the connection starting to grow. Uh, they sing Saving All My Love For You, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, obviously, some chemistry between the two of them and Quinn's talking to all the rest of the girls being like, I think I might like him. I think something might be there. But it's hard to exactly see what's going on because not only did Joe not have much interaction with friends, like he's really never really had this kind of interaction with a girl before so he doesn't really seem like a natural at this um you know they almost kiss at at physical therapy but he's not sure if he even can do that because of the religious beliefs that he has held on to for so long so uh you know sam giving him the advice of like you're probably gonna have to decide one way or the other like if you want to like go all in on you know nothing that you do like doing nothing with with a girl because of all of that or just deciding if you're gonna be a teenager and you know kiss a girl here or there um so you know i doesn't he also gets a boner right in the middle of physical therapy and Quinn's like uh yeah so yes. that, that, that happened um, yes he does get that which is yeah. kind of God, it's a little bad it's a little happens. bad like that's not I mean the you first can't time control it but still it's a little bad I don't no no that's not the first time that I just ever got a boner like no, you get boners <laughs> <laughs> just because as as, as a teenager you, it just happens and I doubt it's also the only time he's been sexually stimulated like how do you go just because you're a cramped up Christian does not mean that you're not going to have feelings. <laughs> like, right. So, I mean, it should be like surprising that there's something happening down there, especially now he's like on, like on top of Quinn, like helping her with physical therapy, but like very pretty girl, like right below you. Um, but I mean, he just doesn't know what to do about it all because he's never experienced this kind of, uh, you know, moral dilemma before. 
and uh, doesn't quite know where to go with it. Uh, you did give him a gold star in that episode, Dance with Somebody, where he's dealing with all of this. But I don't know if there was anything specifically standing out as like Joe being the guy of the episode, more so like we are not going to have much time to get Joe my gold star uh, from you. And uh, you, you made sure to do that. I know. I mean, I just I, I liked the duet between him and Quinn. I think that their uh, duet for uh, Saving All My Love For You is so cute. Um, definitely outsold Lucky. Just, just, just saying. Um, and uh, so I mean, I, I appreciated the storyline for what it was. What'd you say? You talking shit? Speak yeah, up. So not true. So false. I mean, it's it's really not though. But um, yeah, I I, I appreciated him in that episode. I thought that he was a. Uh, I thought he was like a fresh face. And yeah, the storyline's a little contrived. You've kind of seen this storyline before, but whatever. Yeah. Um, as far as the rest of this all goes, of course, they are somewhat at prom together. Quinn and Finn getting into some arguments there because Finn realizes that Quinn is like faking or whatever. She's not faking, but we already talked about that for, for Quinn and we'll still talk about it for Finn. But Joe is going to stand in, uh, stand up for her to try to like come to her defense. They almost get into a fight, Joe and Finn at prom. Tension's uh, pretty high there. And Quinn gets up during her song, as we were just talking about. So Joe is very like proud and shocked to almost to see her like get out of the chair and, you know, she's doing it now um the relationship between the two of them never really quite goes anywhere this is really like the last interaction they have quinn's going off to graduate joe is going to stay back with the rest of the kids uh for season four where he's really not going to be much involved there but he still will be there you know uh, i wrote in our notes uh joe rutherford is still going to be here into season four as again he is the closest i think to matt on this scale um but barely i mean again the quinn thing didn't go anywhere and now it's just going to be a couple of random moments that i had uh pulled out uh, to highlight throughout the rest of the show. Um, I know that this weighs very heavily on you as somebody who enjoyed the character, enjoyed the actor, that it's just nothing happening here. Definitely out of the three characters so far paid the most dust. If that's the way to put that phrase, um, nothing mm -hmm. happening here. Yeah. Um, uh, he doesn't get any substantial storylines at all. I mean, it, I'm glad that his face is there, and I always made sure that I gave him a shout. Like, if he got a line, I was like, we're talking about this line <laughs> in the episode. <laughs> because I justice for Joe. I just feel like for him to be, like, the main winner of the Glee project, because l let's be clear. I think that they, like, he was the clear front runner. Um, I think that Damien was kind of just, like, an add-on, which I wasn't mad about. I was glad that Damien also got to be in the show. Um, but I just feel like... For him to be like the one they that was like the, the the clear winner of the Glee Project season one, for him to got what he get got what he get what he got rather it's just like uh like it's just not it's not good. So season four, I mean, he's there. I mean he he sings I think only once and it's with Tina and Sam right. In season four, yes, he sings uh, three with them at the you know. Britney episode so he gets to get something going on there but otherwise really not much he's there for a lot of the guys performances you know uh when they do uh, uh rock and roll uh danger zone mashed up with old time rock and roll I oh yeah so yeah all like the guy numbers and stuff like that he's a part of those and like... he's there for the competitions he's there for you know again same as sugar uh when they need him for sectionals and when they need him for regionals he shows up but yeah. then you know by the end of, by the end of the season he's pretty much gone he's nowhere to be found for nationals or graduation or anything like that so uh when we get to season five um but a couple of the highlights that i pulled out for the season four time some funny lines i guess that stuck out uh when jake shows up to the glee club and he tells him welcome bro 
God made you and God never makes mistakes as Jake is very happy to be there. Um, not really. Uh, before sectionals, he leads the prayer circle with uh, a Bible verse there and uh, they're all like, okay, cool. Uh, let's do it. Um, so do not fear for yes, you. Santana, what she's doing in town. <laughs> Because that's what we all want to know. Like, why the fuck are you here, Santana? Um, Brittany in Glee actually is going to talk to him and let him know how she's feeling about their relationship. Uh, you, you haven't made much of an impression on me. And honestly, I don't really know what your deal is. <laughs> he gets to... He gets... Yeah, he, he gets to dance with Lauren at the Sadie Hawkins dance. And uh, that's that's really it uh, for Joe Rutherford there in season three. Four. Four. Stop four. calling him Joe Rutherford. No, I will not. <laughs> Because at least at least Joe actually gets to speak and has like substantial storylines. Matt gets nothing. Like he gets three lines <laughs> the entire time that he's on the show. And Joe um, gets probably three lines in the entire time he's in the show. He just gets one song no, or two. No, no, because his first episode he's got a bunch of lines, and then he has all of the scenes with Quinn. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, um, fine. Yeah, he's not there for season five, and the next time that we see him is when he shows up for the rise and fall of Sue Sylvester in season six, where he talks about how Sue cut off his dreads, um, and then he comes back for the finale. Yes. And I lived. It was it was such a uh, surprise to me. I mean, I knew that he had been in that episode, Rise and Fall. Uh, but then when he shows up very quickly, like they literally just, you know, that he must have been on set for an hour that day to film that scene of, uh, you know, if that of uh, him being in the choir room talking about how Sue cut off his dreads. Um, so, yeah, one last appearance for him there before the finale. Um, but really. What else is there to talk about for Joe Hart? You know, uh, re- religious guy. Kitty calls him an avatar at one point or another. Uh, you know, uh, I have the note here. I don't know if we already said it. The only character played by a Glee Project winner who did not get a single solo in the show. So, uh, you know, not to make you even more mad here. But as we close the book on your boy, Joe Hart, that's pretty much all that I got. One gold star coming from you uh, for the entire run. <sighs> got to give it up for my boy. I love me some Joe Hart. I just wish that the writers did too. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. All the all the fanfic that we're gonna write and that we're gonna that we're gonna read. I'm sure there's more Joe content in there. So <laughs> he is not. He's not dead. Joe is not dead. <laughs> well, why don't we keep this going in reverse order here? Why don't we talk about when we uh, get into these songs? Let's talk about uh, Joe first, and we'll swing back around to Rory, and then maybe watch uh, some highlights of Sugar and and Lauren. Uh, so let's uh, get going here. We only have two songs to get into with Joe, and one of them is like fully cheating. It's not a Joe specific song but if we want to talk about songs that joe is featured in uh this is the way that we have to do it so we have two joe songs and i you know might as well tell you them in the order that they were voted uh you know ranked by the audience and whatnot so uh we'll get that going here with the number two out of two uh joe hart songs a few stolen moments is all that we share you've got your family and they need you there Though I try to resist Being last on your list But no
I am uh, so sorry that the performance that you've been waiting for uh, here tonight or today is uh, not even the top Joe performance. I mean, it's only two songs. I can't be that mad. I love this song. Well, I mean, I love Whitney Houston, so, you know, clearly. But I love this cover. I love it so much. Like, and I, and I, like, I think I said this when we watched the first, for the, the, the episode for the first time. I, I see, like, the chemistry here. I see it. It's so, I think this is, like, so, like, acted great like i just i don't know i just i feel it i feel it i just like there's like a electric spark between the two of them and the rest of the geek kids feel it too they're like looking at them like oh what's going on here okay (laughs) (laughs) there's a spark in the air it came out of absolutely nowhere but sometimes you know you find love in a uh, physical therapy place and that's just what these two lovebirds have going for them so that was i mean uh, i think never mind let me not talk about that if you have anything, feel free. Nope, nope, nope. Never mind. Okay. Um, so that was uh, Joe's uh, second ranked song out of two. And uh, here is the song in the Joe Hart world that uh, stands out as number one. My heart's a stereo. It beats for you, so listen close. Hear my thoughts in every note. Make me your yeah. radio. And turn me up when you feel low if i was just another dusty record on a shelf would you blow me up and play me like everybody else if i asked you to scratch my back could you manage that like yeah, yeah check it trouty i can handle that furthermore i apologize for any skipping tracks it's just the last girl that played me left a couple cracks i used to used to used to used to now i'm over that because holding grudges over love is ancient artifacts if i could only find a note to make you understand i sing it softly in your ear and grab you by the hand just keep it stuck inside your head like your favorite tune i know my heart's a stereo that only plays for you Stereo hearts there landing at the uh, the top spot, and all I could think about is uh, hold on is uh, what you sent me when we first watched this. I don't remember if I don't know if you were watching just now, but the kid that's in this crowd that you said looked that like looks me, like you. Did you see him again? Because I was like, oh my god, I forgot about him. Yeah, I saw him again. <laughs> anyway. I think that you guys resemble each other. I do. Okay. Um, <laughs> I uh. So how did this one make it, but Cherish Cherish doesn't count? Because it's sang by the same people. Um, is he, like, heavily featured in that one? Oh, I guess I guess it's more of a Quinn and Mercedes kind of number. But he's there. Yeah, he's kind of, he's, like, more backup vocal in that one, and Mercedes and Quinn are more backup vocal in this one. So, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Not a perfect science. That's true. That's fair. Um, no, no, yeah, I, this is fine being number one. It's fine. Like, I mean, it's, it's a more popular song, right? Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's more top 40-esque, so that, that's fine. Yeah, it's a fun performance. I like it. Well, that's it for the Joe Hart performances. I wish we had more for you. 
<laughs> he's in a couple of other things. You know, he's, he gets lines in a bunch of other ones, like group performances, uh, like Hall of Fame and Some Nights. Like, he's get, he gets a lot of parts where he's going to play. Hall gonna, of Fame, like, Some Nights. Yeah, like a bunch of things he's... like that where you get to hear him uh, for a brief moment in time. But uh, Three... you know, here today, we're not going to get much more. Danger Zone. Yeah, he gets plen- plenty more. So, um, but you know, if you, if you counted all those all together, uh, Rachel Berry would be in like every song on Glee and you know, we're already going to have a lot to deal with when we get to that. So, um, that is a uh, Joe's performances. Let's swing back around to Rory and talk about his four songs and we'll go from the bottom to the top as usual. So here is the number four out of four song for that man. It's not that easy being green. It seems you blend in with so many other ordinary things And people tend to pass you over Cause you're not standing out like flashy sparkles in the water Or stars in the sky But green's the color of spring And green can be cool and friendly like Big like an ocean, or important like a mountain, or tall like a tree. When green is all there is to be, it could make you wonder. kicks off the countdown here in uh, Rory's debut episode as he's just making the eyes over to Britney. Yeah. Um, why does he have four solos and Joe doesn't have one? You know, I had the same thought while, while I was watching. And uh, I guess you had the same thought, but... Uh, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this again. I'm not going to do this again. I'm already <laughs> ranted about it. I'm not doing it again. It's fine. Whatever. It's fine. It's in the past. Move on. Okay. Um, I, I don't think there's a whole lot to say about each four of these songs. So if you do have they're anything... They're all the same. They're, they're all, the, all same. the same. So that that's being green. Uh, let's play the next one. Number three. I'll have a blue Christmas without you. So blue, just thinking about you. You'll be doing all right with your Christmas of white. But I have a blue. All right, before this puts us to sleep yet again, Blue Christmas lands in number three. Uh, it, was, it was my pick, I think, for least favorite song when we rewatched this one with Matt. Um, yeah. Merry Christmas, guys. <laughs> like, I feel like, I, I, I mean, I hate to do this, but like, I, and, and he sounds good. I just like, he sounds like the same in all of it. Like, the songs are too similar for me to be, offer any real critique. No, there's probably not much to say. We probably should just keep kind of playing them back to back to just continue the uh, point that we're making here of how similar they all are. 
like if I wasn't listening closely enough and you had started this this with being being green and I was like, you know, in a coffee shop somewhere talking and then we ended the song with like take care of yourself, I'd be like, This song is fucking long. Like, <laughs> <laughs> For sure. A hundred percent. You would not notice that the song changed. Um, all right, number two. Let's uh let's let's play number two and see if there's any difference here from the first ones. mix up here we got some falsetto going to uh to add to the mix to not make it seem fully the same song but honestly yeah no if this was a continuation of all three to me i'd be like oh now we're getting to the good part of the song yeah i this is i i like this i like that the way that this is shot i love the way that the falsetto seems to annoy kurt um <laughs> i love that rachel is into him although i mean it's a like boy so it's easier for her to like not feel threatened um yeah, I think that this is like a, a solid first performance in front of the Glee Club. I like it. Yeah, and I always thought that this one was his goodbye performance because I, I think I said this when we watched it the first time of like, it sounds like he's saying like, goodbye, everybody. Take care of yourself. Like, it's time for us to part. But, you know, he's like, hey, guys, welcome uh, or welcome me. I'm here. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm your new friend. So whatever. There's Rory. <laughs> number two song. <laughs> Take care of yourself. And uh, we're going to give it one more shot. He's got one more song. It's his top rated performance uh, by audience vote and our vote. Uh, let's see if we can get anything else here happening with uh, Damien McGinty, Rory Flanagan singing Home. And I'll be keeping all the letters that I wrote to you. Each one a line or two. I'm fine, baby. How are you? Well, I would send them, but I know that it's just not enough. My words were cold and flat, and you deserve more than that. Another airplane, another sunny place. I'm lucky, I know, but I want to go home. I've got to go home Let me go home I've had my run Baby, I'm done I gotta go home Let me go home 
all right, all right, all right. I think I can stop uh, ragging on these songs because I do like that one, and I'm glad to see it make it to the top. Um, I don't know. That's just the one that stands out to me the most, so uh, I I will differentiate it from the others. But, I mean, overall, the general theme of what we're saying uh, I do think still sticks all the way through. But uh, any thoughts from you on Home being at the top of the list here? Yeah, I Probably wouldn't have had this at the top. I would have had Take Care of Yourself at the top, but that's fine. Um, it, it was very close between those two. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> um, yeah. I just don't understand why we needed four of these, and Joe gets nothing! <laughs> um, I don't have the answer for you, but maybe after today, uh, when we, you know, we're finished, wrapped, wrapped up talking about these characters, uh, we'll actually, you know, start to soon look into the fan fiction of it all, the stories of it all, and maybe somebody out there that wrote Joe a story has written him a song as well, and we'll get to explore that world rather than this one. But... For, for Rory, that's about it on uh, his end of things. Yeah, uh, none of the songs for Joe or Rory ended up getting, um, you know, very high marks overall. When you look at the combined list, let me see how high up Joe made it at the list. Uh, Joe's highest ranked song, Stereo Hearts, ended up at number 143. That's uh, the highest he went. And Rory, the highest he went, is 179 out of all the songs that we have covered so far. Nowhere near the top 20. Nowhere near no. the top 10. Nowhere near the top 100. Or 50. Crazy. Crazy stuff there. Um, but uh, before we get out of here, we're going to uh, share some Sugar and Lauren with you as well. So let's uh, transition. Let's have a little bit more fun here. Uh, Lauren was first up, so we'll swing to her last. All right. So here is Sugar Mata in her big, big spender performance. The Spanish version's really coming through every once in a while. <laughs> I told you these bitches weren't Spanish. I was like, what it happens. What do you want? It's 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 the YouTube videos. <laughs> Not Spanish, Artie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, iconic, iconic, like just amazing. The best performance, completely outsold. Don't stop believing. Like it's just that bitch. Give Sugar her coin. Stream Big Spender now. They should have released this as a single. I would have bought it immediately. Yes. Uh, Sugar does get to sing, you know, a couple times. She gets the one line in Summer Nights. Uh, but does he have a car? Uh, she gets some Cell Block Tango, uh, you know, a line or two in there. Uh, she gets, you know, she's back up. She's dancing in the Trouble Tones numbers. But overall, that's what you get from Sugar Mata as far as uh, music goes on the show. A talent that just did not shine too bright that we couldn't get more of it. Yeah, just uh, electric. I love it. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, and as far as Lauren goes, we do get one Lauren Zeiss performance. So let's play it here. Uh, Lauren singing some I Know What Boys Like. Here's how I see it. I know I'm the hottest bitch in this joint. If I was a country, my flag would be a big fist giving the rest of the world a finger. And this would be my national anthem. Okay. Parkerman, grab your guitar. Tina, Brittany, ready? Good. Awesome. Super cool. <clears throat> Two, three, four. I know what boys like. I know what guys want. I see them looking. I make them want me. I like to tease them. I know what boys like. Boys like. Boys like me. Iconic. Iconic. And the fact that they released that also onto all music streaming platforms uh, just tells you the power. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 I love this performance. Off, she uh, she kills it. It's, uh, yeah. Give it to us, Lauren. Give it to us. Teach us what them boys like. <laughs> Uh, what a legend she is, and uh, glad we got that one performance uh, to talk about all together here and whatnot. So I believe that's what we have uh, for today for Lauren, for Sugar, for Rory, and for Joe. On behalf of all of them and on behalf of us, we thank you for checking out this podcast, talking about some of the um, Matt Rutherfords of Glee. You know, it's pretty fucked up that we didn't talk about Matt at all Uh <laughs> like uh, this probably would have been the podcast to talk about Matt, but I think what we talked about for Matt uh, in today's podcast is the extent of what you could talk about for Matt. There's not a single line scene song to add. So let's just count this also as the unofficial Matt Rutherford podcast. Yeah. Shout out to Matt <laughs> Rutherford. We love you. Shout out to <laughs> the man, Matt Rutherford, uh, his denial from Mercedes getting denied by her in uh, 2009, big moment there being on the football team you did that matt we applaud you <laughs> to sir with love to matt with love yes to me with love always in um, okay but that's literally all that i have for today anything else from you on these characters or uh, anything else i don't know you having a good day <laughs> yeah it's it's fine it, it, it brought up some sore spots but other than that i'm okay I'm all right. right. <laughs> well, tell the great people out there where they can find us on social media if they want to explore further into uh, the world of Matt Ligori and Amon Adwin. You can follow us at Quiet Room Pod on Twitter and TikTok. You can also follow us individually. I'm at Amon Adwin. Matt is at Matt Ligori. Make sure that you're leaving us star ratings and reviews wherever you get your podcasts. We'll read them aloud on the show. Anything else? 
Uh, that is it. So thank you guys for checking this one out, and we'll see you with some more character studies, some more lots of stuff uh, as we continue on in this world, hoping that it changes soon, but it still hasn't. And yeah, happy stuff. Uh, thank you guys. We'll see you later. See you later. See you later.